You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It's our Tuesday podcast, and we're in my leadership edition of How to Win. It's going to be wonderful. Our purpose in this leadership edition is to inspire and equip you leaders to operate and perform on a high level. Maybe you're an aspiring leader. Maybe you're not in a leadership role right now, but you have the aspiration of being a leader. Remember, God is a God of preparation. So this is very important information for you to prepare yourself for your leadership position. However, you may be a new leadership leader in a new leadership role. It's going to help you. These principles will take your leadership to another level. And if you are an experienced leader, there's always a place of growth in God. So let's get started. I want you to Think through these leadership principles, whether you're a leader in the home or a leader in the community, a leader in church, a leader in business, whatever arena of leadership, these leadership principles will apply. Now, I began a few episodes ago a series entitled The Essence of Leadership, and each one of these sub subtopics we will have a a a angle that we want to hit so on this part of the essence of the leadership of leadership i wanted to talk about what is a leader i've got several definitions and we have covered two of those definitions, and and I began the third definition in our last episode, but I did not complete it. So this fourth episode will be a continuation of the third uh, definition of leadership. So let's go back. What is leadership? Our third definition, leadership is the ability to transform the potential of followers into reality. The ability to, prof- to transform the potential of followers into reality. Now, in this fourth uh, lesson, I'm going to do a thorough review of our third lesson, a thorough review. Maybe this is your first time uh, watching or listening to this podcast, or maybe you listen to the third lesson. It's going to be a thorough review because I want to fill in the gaps. I'm taking you somewhere, and I want you to hear the lesson in a holistic way. So we're talking about transforming 
the potential of followers into reality. In other words, we're talking about taking a follower from a followership position to a leadership position. Now, there are two introductory statements that I want to make as we start. Number one, a distinctive mark of all true leaders is they develop others to become followers. And that's uh, this is our review. The second introductory statement is that leadership development is a process. And we're looking at the great apostle Paul, who's taking Timothy, a follower, a young disciple, and developing him into a leader. Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through 3, the apostle Paul entered Derby and Lystra. And there was a certain disciple there named Timothy. The Bible says that he was well spoken of, of the brethren, the, the other believers. And Paul decided to take him on his leadership journey. The Bible says he wanted Timothy to go on with him, and he took him. So we're talking about the Apostle Paul's development of this young disciple. And Timothy now is a teenager. But great leaders, they see diamonds before they sparkle. Now, there are six sides to this development process. And I'm going to go back and review the sides that we've looked at and then we'll pick up. But I want you to follow me. You're a leader, and it's your uh, goal, or should be your goal, to take your followers into leadership. That's the distinctive mark of a true leader. So there are six sides that we want to look at. And the first side is the selection side. The selection side. And there are two perspectives. There's the perspective of you, the leader, and then there's the perspective of those that are following you. As a leader, it is important that you exemplify and demonstrate confidence in your followers' ability to become a leader. That's going to be very critical because your confidence in the follower's ability to become a leader will produce confidence in the follower to submit to you. So that's your side of the selection process. But there's also the follower's side or perspective in order to be developed Every follower must possess the right attitude and the ability to submit. The right attitude has to do with the willingness to learn. A follower must be willing 
to learn, willing to serve, willing to put others first, willing to improve, willing to make sacrifices. There must be a willingness on the part of the follower to become a leader. And then the, the follower must have the ability to submit. So the selection side is first. The second side to this development process is the teaching side. And remember, I reviewed what we talked in our last episode. There's the teaching side. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, Paul writing to Timothy, he said, you have carefully followed my doctrine. So we see from Scripture that the Apostle Paul taught Timothy. There's a teaching side, and specifically, if you want to develop a follower into a leader, then you must be intentional about teaching that follower leadership principles, and that's what I'm doing, because leadership is a skill that can be learned. We said that that uh, a leader's job is to inspire followers, and we said that it's the art of inspiring followers, and an art is a skill that is acquired through experience, study, and observation. So there is a study part of becoming a leader. There is a teaching component, and that's what I'm doing with you. I am teaching you principles of leadership. And then thirdly, there is the observation side. The observation side. We go back to our proof text, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 11. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy, now listen, he says, Timothy, you have carefully followed my doctrine. That's the teaching side, but he doesn't stop there. He said, you have carefully followed my manner of life. You have carefully followed my faith, my love, my long-suffering. You have carefully followed my perseverance, my affliction, my persecution. Well, how did Timothy follow the Apostle Paul in his manner of life and all these other things? Through observation. It was the time that he spent walking alongside the Apostle Paul and he observed how the Apostle Paul functioned. So this observation side, uh, through it, the follower absorbed the values, the priorities, and the purpose of the leader. And how, you may ask, through the power of proximity and through the power of example. If you're going to develop others to, to be leaders, then you have to bring them alongside of you and then as they walk with you, there are times when you share with them why you did a certain thing, why you made a certain decision, because they are observing you 
but you want to fill in the gaps for them. And John Maxwell says that leadership is more caught than taught. You know, I, I was thinking about my personal sister. I have a personal sister named Rachel, and she's very, very uh, inquisitive. Oftentimes, I'll have a teaching moment with her and I'll share a principle of leadership or a principle of walking with God with her. But she's very inquisitive. She will ask me because she's observing my manner of life. She's observing how I make decisions. And she will ask me questions like, why did you do that? Why Why did you make that kind of decision. What were you thinking? Very inquisitive. You see, much of leadership, it, the skill of leadership is gained through observation. So we're, we, there's a selection side, there's a teaching side, and then there's an observation side. Now, the area that I focus quite a bit on in our third lesson was the doing side. This is the fourth side of the development process. The doing side involves the principle of practice. Anything that anyone becomes good at will involve practice. Practice. Whether you want to be a great pianist or whether you want to be a, a, a great athlete or whether you want to be a, a, a great teacher, whatever it is, is going to involve practice, the doing side. In other words, no one can become a leader apart from having been given some level of responsibility. And our proof text was Acts chapter 17, verse 14. The Apostle Paul in the 17th chapter left, he and his team left Thessalonica, went down to Berea. The Bible says the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians. The Bible says they were received the word with all readiness of mind. They were open to the truth, open to the word, and many of them became born-again Christians and a young church began to develop. Some agitators from Thessalonica came to, to uh, Berea, stir, began to attack the Apostle Paul, and the brethren there decided to send Paul away for safety. And the Scripture says that the Apostle Paul left Silas and Timothy in Berea to care for the young disciples doesn't say anything about the detail of, of, of what he told them. We don't see him giving them a, a job description, although we know job descriptions are very, very important. And we'll see that in a moment. Very, very important for people to have job descriptions. But there was a, what I wanted you to get from the text that there was a level of responsibility that was given to Silas and Timothy to oversee this small group of new believers. 
And the Bible says Paul was a present. People don't learn how to lead apart from them being given some level of responsibility in order to practice. So there are, are actually two sides to this doing side. There is the role and the responsibility of you, the leader. You want to develop your followers into leading. And then there's the need of the follower. So let's look at this. Your role, you want to develop your followers into leader leadership. I have what I'm calling the front side, the interim, and the back side of your role and responsibility. Now, the front side of your responsibility as the leader of the team or the leader of the group or the leader of the followers, your role, your responsibility is to establish structure and give guidance. Now, you may say, well, what does that entail? That entails, number one, you must clarify the roles the responsibilities, and the expectations you have of the followers. You're to clarify their roles. That's your responsibility as a leader. Clarify the roles of your followers. You're to clarify their responsibilities. You're to clarify what you expect of them, their expectations. Secondly, I said that you must establish collaborative goals, collaborative goals. People tend to value more of what they participate in. So you want to come together, collaborate concerning the goals of your followers. And then thirdly, you must provide the followers with what they need to be successful, whether it's information, whether it's uh, finances, whether it's, it's tools, technology, whatever they need to be successful is your job to provide your followers with the tools that they need to be successful. So in this front side, you're to clarify roles, responsibilities, expectations. You're to establish collaborative goals. And then thirdly, you're to provide your followers with the tools they need to be successful. That's what I'm calling the front side. The interim, in the interim, you as the leader must provide positive feedback. Don't just see that they're doing good. You want to encourage them along the way. Tell them that they're doing a good job. You want to provide constructive feedback. That's the interim. And then what I call the backside is now is your responsibility as the leader of the team, as the leader of the group, as the leader of the organization to hold your followers accountable for results, hold your followers accountable for outcomes. So that's what I mean by you establishing structure and giving guidance. That's your role. 
That's your responsibility as a leader in this doing side. But the followers have certain needs if they're going to grow and develop into leadership. The followers have certain needs that they have that you need to supply if they're going to grow into their leadership capacities. So let's look at what the followers need from you. Number one, they need you as a leader, watch this now, to respect their experience, to respect their expertise, and to listen to their opinions, ideas, wisdom, and act on them. Now, that's a mouthful, but I, I want to take my time, and I know I know that we have, I have leaders all over the place. Many of you are different kind of leaders. I know some of you are pastors. So I'm, I want to help you. There is a skill to leading people. And even if you will, a psychology to leading people. And I want to give you the insights of it. Okay. You're developing followers into leadership. You're not, managing them. You're leading them. So what they need from you, and I'm going to break this first thing down, what they need from you in order to be developed, they need you to respect their expertise and their experience. Now let's stop there before we add the rest. Now you've selected them to be on your team or you've selected them as, as followers your selection of them is critical, and we're going to get deeper into it, but you want to select people that bring something to the table. In other words, you want to select people that brings value. Well, in your selection process, surely you wanted people that you thought could help bring the goals and, and the agendas and, and everything to pass. So apparently, hopefully, they are bringing to the table a level of expertise and experience. Well, they need you to respect their experience in that particular area because you should be selecting people that have a degree of expertise or some capacity to grow in that area. And they need you to respect their expertise, even though they're followers, they'll bring some to the table and they need you to expect to respect their level of experience, whatever that experience is. But they also need you to listen. That's so important. They need you to listen to their ideas. They need you to listen to their wisdom. They need you to listen to their opinions and they need you to act on them. Now we're going somewhere with this. Uh, there is a psychology to leadership as well as there's a skill to leadership. Now follow me. What do the followers need from you? Number two, they need decision-making authority. 
decision-making authority. They need the privilege of choice in relation to their work and how they do their work. You have to give them some decision-making authority. Number three, what do your followers need? They need latitude to be creative. They need latitude to be creative. In other words, they need the latitude to experiment, experiment and take a risk. Now, that is risky in itself because when you give people, followers, the latitude to be creative, to experiment, to take risks, they are going to make some mistakes. But mistakes is the cause of development. And remember, you made mistakes. I've made mistakes in my development process. And I'll probably make some more, and you'll probably make some more. So let's not put a standard on them that we don't have on us. Mistakes is a part of the development process. What do followers need? Number four, they need flexibility to take initiative. They need flexibility to take initiative in their area and exercise independent judgment without checking in with you. They need the right to take the initiative without checking in with leadership. They need the right to exercise independent judgment. And I'll throw a term out at you that I'm coining. They need and you need trust equity. You see, if you don't ever trust them, why should they trust you? Trust equity. Now, finally, they need the right to give meaningful input when leadership make decisions concerning the followers' area. They need the right to give meaningful input. If you, as leader or the leadership of the organization, is making decisions that relates to the followers' area, is only respectful of you to get input because they are on that level. They're healing that situation. They may have some thoughts. Now, they may not be able to change and you may not be able to change what you want to do, but it's respectful to give people the input. We're talking about you developing some trust equity. You know, it's hard for people to follow people they don't trust. And if you're not sowing trust, how can you reap trust? You see, followers should trust in the same way that follow in the same way leaders should trust in the same way that followers should trust. Now, here's where I close at in our last episode. 
and then we're going to pick up because I'm going somewhere with this. I gave a truth, and I, I'm reading personally because I read leadership books, and I'm personally reading a book uh, entitled The Leadership Challenge by James Coots and Barry Posner. And there was a statement in that in, in my reading that jumped out at me, and I thought I would put it in this lesson as a truth because it was very consistent with what I'm trying to communicate. And here's the statement. People can't learn to think for themselves, take initiative, and be self-directive if leaders always tell them what to do and how to do it. Now, that just makes plain sense to me. I'll say it again. People can't learn to think for themselves take initiative, and be self-directed if leaders always tell them what to do and how to do it. And that's so true. Think about it. If you're developing somebody, and that should be one of your main goals to develop followers into leaders, that's the, one of the difference between managers and, and leaders. But leaders Think. They know how to think. And if you have to tell people what to do and how to do it, and you don't allow them to think, you don't allow them to take the initiative, you don't allow them to be self-directed, how will they ever learn to think? And parents make that mistake. We all, and I'm a parent, we have made that mistake as parents. We wanted to think for our kids, what to do, how to do it. And then when they get away from us, maybe off to college somewhere, they don't know how to think because we thought for them, we did the thinking for them. And in other words, we didn't develop them how to think. And that's just so true in leading people. Now, you want people to know how to think for themselves without having to ask you everything. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. So I want you to follow, and that's why I wanted to review this again. And then I gave a guiding principle, and I want you to make a note of that. And then we'll go to our last two signs. The guiding principle is this. The leader is moving from being in control to giving others control. You're moving from being in control to giving control to others. You're moving from being in control to giving control to others. And I use the illustration of when my dad taught me or what what training me uh, uh, how to drive an automobile. And, and when we would go to the site, he would, what we were going to practice, he would do the driving because I was the learner. And he would teach me things about driving, but then he would slide over and then I get in the driver's seat and then he would coach me as I was driving. And what he was doing, he was moving from being in control of the car to giving me control of the car because that was the 
only way I was going to learn. His goal was to train me to the point where I would be an independent driver and I would need him to be sitting in the passenger seat. Got it? So, so that's what you're doing as a leader. And, and, and now let's move to number five. The fifth side is the coaching side. The coaching side. So what have we covered? We talked about the selection side, the teaching side, the observation side. We talked about uh, the doing side. And the fifth side is the coaching side. Now, here's a principle that you have to remember. You can't coach and play at the same time. Now, in basketball, they used to try to do it, but they don't do that anymore. You can't coach. In, in baseball, you have a batting a coach, a, 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 a hitting coach. That coach's job is to share with the player basic tips to hitting the baseball effectively. But the coach's job is to do it before the game and sometimes after the game in practice. But the hitting coach does not come up to the plate during the game. Coaching, that's a part of your responsibility to coach. Now, statistics from studies say that learners that will transfer a new skill into their practice as a result of learning theory is 5%. I'll say that again. If you want somebody to, to develop a skill, then statistics says that learners will transfer a new skill into their practice as a result of learning theory 5%. On the other hand, learners that will transfer a new skill into their practice as a result of theory, then demonstration, then practice, then feedback during training and in situations, coaching in situations, will, 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 it will uh, translate to 90%. So leaders who only have theory will transfer that skill into practice about 5%. But if you are developing someone and you want them to transfer a skill into their life, if you have theory plus demonstration, they see you do it, then practice, they have to practice themselves, then you give them feedback on what they are doing, doing training, and in situation coaching, then they will, 90% of the time, they will transfer that skill into their own practice. Coaching is so very important. And then the final side is the empowerment side, empowerment side. The word empowerment simply means you're giving power and authority to another person. You're giving power and authority to another person. I want to. I want. I want to write. I want you to write this statement down, and, and make a mental note of it. The paradox of power. We're talking about the empowerment side. The paradox of power is you become more powerful 
when you give your power away. Now, I want you to write that down. The, the paradox of power, it, it, it seems like it would work the other way, that you become more powerful when you hold on to your power. But the paradox of power is that you become more powerful when you give your power away. Now, I want to read a text talking about empowerment uh, of Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He's in prison, but he's going to send Timothy to them. Now, listen, Philippians 2 19 through 24. And I want you to go back and read the text. It says, Paul writing to the church of Philippi, he said, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know Timothy's proving character, that as a son with his father, he has served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him, Timothy, at once, as soon as I see how he goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. Now, this is a powerful text. I want to give you some concluding statements, and I'm believing that you're going to put together all these different sides. Now, watch this. We've talked about the selection side of developing we talked about the teaching side of development. We talked about the observation side. We talked about uh, the doing side. We talked about the coaching side. And now we're talking about empowerment, where you give power and authority to another person. Now, listen at these concluding statements. Now, we see the benefit of developing others. Paul is overseeing multiple churches, multiple churches. And he could not physically be everywhere at the same time. Now, he's writing to the church at Philippi, but he cannot physically be present there. But they still have needs even though he cannot be physically present. In fact, at this writing, he's in prison. So certainly he can be present with them. But Timothy was an extension, was an extension, an expression of Paul. Now follow me. Timothy taught the way he thought the way Paul thought. He cared the way Paul cared. He shared Paul's values. He shared Paul's priorities. He shared Paul's purpose. He shared Paul's conviction. He shared Paul's attitude. 
he said, Paul said, now I don't have others who are going to think the way I think toward you, but he's like-minded. Paul says to this church, he thinks the way I think. He feels the way I feel. He, care, uh, he will care about you the way I will care about you. Now watch this. So Timothy could be a bridge between Paul and the church at Philippi. Consequently, take home, here's the home run point. Here's the home run part. Take home point. Listen at this. Consequently, Paul's ministry could grow and expand, watch this, beyond himself. What if Paul did everything? What if Paul thought for Timothy, told him what to do, how to do it, never gave him any authority, never coached him, never released him, never trusted him, and Paul is in prison? Guess what? The people would have suffered. But leadership is the key to growth, and that's what I've been saying. Leadership is the key to growth. Here's the take-home statement. When you help others to reach their potential, they grow, you grow, your organization grows, and the kingdom grows. i say that again. When you help others to reach their potential, they grow. When you help others to reach their potential, they will grow. But guess what? You will grow because you will grow from being a manager to being a leader. But not only will they grow and you grow, but your organization will grow. Your organization will expand. Your church will grow. You're never going to have a growing church pastor if you don't develop leaders. You can pray all you want to. You can pray all night. And that's critically important because God spoke to me when I was a pastor, and he said that prayer is the platform. It is the platform for any successful endeavor. But on the practical side, after you pray, you're going to have to develop leaders. So what happens when you develop others and cause them to reach their potential? They will grow, and you will grow from being a manager to being a leader. Your organization will grow, and the kingdom will grow. That's the key to leadership. And that's why I wanted to go back and spend all this time because I wanted you to see the steps. Now, we'll get into this and get more deeper into this, but I wanted you, we're going to go to another definition of, of what is leadership. But this was so very important that the Spirit of God put it on my heart to go back because I wanted you to see practically how did the Apostle Paul take Timothy, who was a diamond, but wasn't sparkling, just a teenager, how did he take him from that point 
tradition says he pastored a church of over 20,000 people. How did he do that? And we wanted you to see biblically and we wanted you to see practically how he developed Timothy. And I trust that it was a blessing to you. You know, the Bible says this, and Paul said this to Timothy. He said, consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding. The word consider means meditate. If you go back and meditate on the things that I've taught you in these last two lessons, in fact, all the lessons, I promise you the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. You'll see things in a new way, a fresh way, and it will take your leadership to another level. Listen, I'm out of time, but I want to thank you so very much for this opportunity to share with you how to win in leadership. And don't forget my Thursday podcast, we're talking about leading yourself. I'll see you next time.